Okay, good morning. Okay, let's recall our deepest purpose for being here at this retreat and for practicing in general and settle into that purpose, rest in that for a moment. In the Buddha, the Dharma, and supreme spiritual community, <clears throat> I take refuge in total enlightenment by the power of generosity and all six perfections. May I realize Buddhahood for the benefit of all beings. I take refuge in the expanse of space, primal awareness, and unconfined capacity, which is the nature of everyone's mind for the sake of all. So, <clears throat> in retreats, it's kind of like a, a retreat provides a container and also within the noble silence of it for all kinds of things to come up. So typically, uh, during a retreat, especially after the first couple of days, uh, I and probably many of you uh, in, in discussions are hearing two kinds of things. People who feel really inspired and really uplifted and this is really wonderful and people who are upset and this, this was bad and I don't like this and you know, he or she you know, said this and I don't like that and I'm upset and so forth. I feel bad. And maybe the very same people that go back and forth, <laughs> or, or, or not, maybe more one way or more the other. So some practices are being introduced at the retreat. But, and it's our choice whether to become a practitioner or not. Of course, uh, some of us may be here mainly out of curiosity and just sort of see what's out there, but not really taking it in very deeply yet, which is perfectly fine. Um, but when someone begins to become a practitioner, begins to actually take in the practice and really explore what it can do, at that point, uh, what needs to come online is a basic understanding of, of a real practitioner, which is these very feelings 
are what are, are being given to me, in a sense, to take into practice. It's not mainly around rearranging the world, getting people to be always perfectly nice to me all the time in, in my perception, or, um, or just sort of being happy, happy, happy. Uh, the feelings are, are, in a sense, a gift to us, including difficult feelings, uh, offered to us, uh, for us to take into the practices, and in particular practices like uh, field of care, which establish a, a loving, holding environment for all our feelings. Remember that? And compassionate presence to feelings when feeling um, uh, any kind of feeling, but uh, perhaps especially uh, difficult feelings, taking it right into compassionate presence to feelings. So if you think somebody was upsetting to you and you're a practitioner, they've given you a gift. I mean, you, you have a feeling now uh, coming from a habitual pattern within you. That habitual pattern didn't come from them. They may have triggered it, but they didn't give it to you. So now you've, they've given you the gift of triggering one of your habitual patterns of upsetness, fine, whatever it is. Then if you're a practitioner, you, you recognize that your job is to take that into practice. So it becomes taken right into compassionate presence to feelings, like right now, just becoming that kind of holding environment or the field of care kind of holding environment or uh, Compassion Meditation One prominently. This is what it feels like to want others to constantly manage me so I can feel good. This is what we're all going through. This is what we've all been caught up in. As if others could, ev could ever manage me enough to make me always feel good. As if it had nothing to do with my own habitual patterns. I'm not judging or criticizing anyone I'm speaking from my own experience. I know that. I know how that is. So that's, that's what happens when someone's starting to become a practitioner. I think that it's helpful to say that. My teachers said things like that. And for some people that was upsetting. But then that, that would mean within the understanding of the tradition, well, they're not really ready to be practitioners yet. I mean, that's okay. None of us were ready to be practitioners until we were. It's a bit mysterious. When is anybody ready for that? Because it is challenging. It's not how we're used to being with our habitual patterns. But really, if, if, if we actually think that we're becoming a practitioner, then we really need to take this seriously. Whatever is being stirred up, that's the fuel of our practice. And we may not realize that for a little while. We get sort of caught up in it because that's our habit. That's fine. There's no judgment on that. I know that. Maybe you have to be caught up in it for a while. But then at some point, and gradually sooner rather than later, comes right into field of care, compassion, presence to feelings, compassion, meditation one, and coincidentally, Tonglen one, which I'll be leading this morning. Okay? So Tonglen meditation, Tonglen is a t Tibetan term that literally means um, taking and giving. 
taking and giving. So taking on this, taking the suffering, taking it in, taking it on, the suffering of the world as it were, and giving all of your well-being and resources and spiritual well-being and power or capacity, giving all that. So that sounds pretty radical. Uh, but there are ways of just kind of easing into it and discovering it. Like with the compassion meditations, the purpose of all these meditations we've, we've mentioned from the beginning, it's not mainly that immediately upon doing this meditation I'm now removing the suffering from the world or uh, my, my, my mother who's sick is now getting better because I'm doing this for meditation. It's not like that. The primary purpose of doing all these meditations is to learn how to generate and begin to even stabilize in or be at least able to come back to more and more easily a kind of a basic ground of more and more unconditional and more and more literally all-inclusive uh, love, compassion, and uh, wisdom, or love, compassion, sympathetic joy, and the deep equanimity of wisdom, to learn how to generate that or evoke that and stabilize that. And then from there, everything else can unfold in a better way. But the everything else unfolding and the effect of that on our world, our close world and our larger world, unfolds in its own time. It's not mainly you start doing this meditation and now suddenly you see people are, you beam in on somebody and now they're getting better or something. It's not like that. But you do find over time that as your energy and basic grounding shifts and as you learn to come back to that more and more or stabilize in that more and more, that does begin to shift everything for others around you as well. If you're more of a holding, compassionate holding space for all of your feelings as they're arising, if you actually learn that, then the quality of your presence to another in that moment is quite different. And they also can begin to feel held. They may not be consciously aware of that, but that's happening. Because there's no actual boundary to that compassionate presence to feelings. It's already holding everything all of your feelings and whoever else is around and their feelings. It's all being held. Maybe you've known somebody like that who was like that or sometimes like that and you could sense that. Or maybe you weren't conscious enough yet of these kinds of things to realize that you were being held. But that's part of the reason also for continuing to explore in memory caring moments. For, I think for many or most of us, there have been moments when we were held. This is also true, by the way, of so-called oppressed peoples. It's often within diverse cultures of the world, including ones that are the least rich, the least overwhelmed by endless competition to get ahead of each other, in which this kind of knowledge is present, in which there are many people who know this, that what life's about is settling into our best capacities and from there being with others. You can feel that in villages, in places that are not wealthy, 
in places where people have little. You can feel that. I'm not minimizing the fact <coughs> that it's important, that obviously what they need is important. Physical, uh, material needs are there. I'm not minimizing that. I'm just raising something up. It's obvious if you spend any time in other cultures that are not the wealthiest. I'm sure there are people here who have, including right within our own culture, right in North America, including right here. I'm sure you've known people in those cultures, those of you who have been in them, that can recognize exactly what I'm saying. So in this sense, we can come into solidarity with them, with those deeply grounded people in these diverse cultures as well and even recognize each other a little bit. And that can become really deep listening and learning from each other. So Tonglen meditation, this practice of taking and giving, is a further method to cultivate innate capacities of care, empathy, compassion, sympathetic joy and equanimity actually but probably most prominently and obviously empathy and compassion. And this Tonglen, you'll probably recognize, builds on the practices of field of care, compassion, presence to feelings, and also especially the, the compassion meditation one that we've done to bring out powers of uh, love, compassion, wisdom from our Buddha nature in an increasingly unconditional and all-inclusive way. So Tonglen is practiced in two ways. One form of Tonglen, which I'm calling type one, or Tonglen one, begins with our own feelings of distress and suffering, like in uh, Compassionate Presence to Feelings and in Compassion Meditation one, you remember, we begin with our own layers of distress and um, difficulty and suffering. And that's a basis then of, of generating empathy and compassion for others with similar feelings. So it builds on compassion meditation, one, taking our own suffering feelings into compassion. So we start to discover that our own suffering feelings are not just something to shun and push away or uh, even to become a, a, a kind of caregiver or, or activist who's constantly trying to take care of others, even as a strategy to avoid our own feelings, which is also quite common and which I also know from my own experience. It becomes a way to discover, like in Compassion Meditation 1, Tonglen 1, 2 is a very direct kind of immediate way of discovering that even our most unwanted feelings turn out to be uh, a present to us, a fuel for awakening to these qualities of empathy, connection, and deepening compassion. So I'm going to leave this form of Tonglen in this session. Tonglen Type 2 builds on Compassion Meditation too, and I'll lead that in the, the next um, session this morning. Okay, so right now we're focusing on Compassion 1. I mean, I'm sorry, Tonglen 1. Um, again, this uh, it's a wonderful book called The Spirit of Tibet uh, that, was, uh, that was really put together and uh, introduced 
section by section by, by Matthew Ricard, who, as I said, is this very long um, uh, uh, student, really practicing student of Dilgo Kense Rinpoche, whose picture's on the cover. I'll leave this on the table if you want to look at it uh, during the break, but uh, it has uh, teachings by lineage teachers in the lineages of uh, Dilgo Kense Rinpoche and also many of his own teachings, but in a very uh, condensed way, just be like a few paragraphs of this and a few paragraphs of that, and just unbelievably beautiful pictures of the Tibetan landscape that Dilgo Kense Rinpoche moved through. Um, and so as, as, part, as part of one of his teachings, Let me just read you a couple of paragraphs of this. It's just, I was only going to read you a sentence or two, but it's just too good. Um, he's speaking of the kind of practice tradition that we've been, that we've been uh, drawing from. And he, he, he said, in order to conquer the high ground of the uncreated nature of mind, we must go to the source and recognize the origin of our thoughts. Otherwise, one thought gives rise to a second thought, the second thought to a third, and so on forever. We are constantly assailed by memories of the past and carried away by expectations for the future and lose all awareness of the present. It is our own mind that leads us astray into the cycle of existences, samsara. Blind to the mind's true nature, we hold fast to our thoughts, which are nothing but manifestations of that nature. And this freezes awareness into solid concepts such as I and other, desirable and detestable, and plenty of others. And this is how we create samsara. But if instead of letting thoughts solidify, we recognize their emptiness, then each thought that arises and disappears in the mind renders the realization of emptiness ever clearer. All phenomena of samsara and nirvana arise like a rainbow, and like a rainbow they are devoid of any tangible existence. Once you have recognized this true nature of reality, which is empty and at the same time appears as the phenomenal world, your mind will cease to be under the power of delusion. If you know how to leave your thoughts free to dissolve by themselves as they arise, they will cross your mind as a bird crosses the sky without leaving any trace. It's the direction we settle into in the letting be practice. Maintain that state of simplicity. If you encounter happiness, success, prosperity, or other favorable conditions, consider them as dreams and illusions and do not get attached to them. Just share them with others. If you are stricken by illness, slander, deprivation, or other physical and mental trials, do not let yourself get discouraged, but rekindle your compassion and generate the wish that through your suffering, all being sufferings may be exhausted. Mm. 
that last sentence is the kind of an introduction to Tonglen Wan. If you are stricken by illness, slander, deprivation, or other physical and mental trials, do not let yourself get discouraged, but rekindle your compassion and generate the wish that through your suffering, all beings' sufferings may be exhausted. So core practice within Tibetan Buddhism of taking on the suffering and offering um, your well-being and resource. So Tonglen, one follows the pattern of that last sentence by Kensei Rinpoche. In this form of Tonglen, you, and now I'm going to draw on the compassionate presence to feelings type of meditation uh, for the form of Tonglen one that I'll, that I'll lead. In this form of Tonglen, you, you provide a compassionate holding environment for your own painful feelings, which becomes a compassionate holding environment for all others with similar feelings. So the first step of this uh, type of Tonglen, number one, is the same as the compassionate presence to feelings meditation. First, you, uh, and you can, you can begin to do this as I'm describing it, you think of something you've been struggling with or worrying over or suffering through in your mind and body. So you experience the difficult emotional feeling that uh, comes with that. I'll try to do that now. Try to find something like that. And then you become a spacious, compassionate holding environment in which your suffering feeling can feel welcome here. And therefore can begin to relax and process itself and heal in its own way. So in the second step of the meditation, you make an empathetic connection between your own painful feeling and many others who experience similar feelings. For example, if you're working with a feeling of fear in the first step, becoming a, a compassionate environment for it, then in the second step, you think of that feeling as not just your own, but as the fear of many other beings. which includes your own. And you let their feelings of fear also relax and process themselves in the same compassionate environment that you're providing for your own feeling. And as you do that, you can imagine that all those beings are becoming free of the suffering associated with the feeling. And you can let yourself take joy in their relief. And the purpose of going through those steps is that um, they evoke and then strengthen capacities of empathy, compassion, and sympathetic joy as qualities of our Buddha nature. It's not that we're just taking away other suffering and now they're experiencing joy. The point is, if we enter into this pattern of practice uh, with some some sincerity, just really explore it. 
it starts to evoke, it, it's, it's just naturally bring out the qualities, especially qualities of empathy, uh, care, compassion, and sympathetic joy, like joy in the relief and joy of others, as kind of powers of our being more and more and more. And then in the third step, you, as with all our meditations, it's like releasing phase, you let those qualities of your Buddha nature that have been evoked by the practice just help your mind to trust enough to relax, um, let go of its frameworks, and just settle back into the source of those qualities in our Buddha nature, the basic emptiness, or basic space, lucidity, and compassionate capacity of, our, of that mind's deep nature, nature of mind, as uh, Kensei uh, put it. And that brings out a quality of deep equanimity from our Buddha nature. So these practices are actually also ways of pretty deeply cultivating. This is true of actually the whole set of practices all the way through to this. But now here I'm just naming it within Tonglen Wan. Um, love, compassion, sympathetic joy, and equanimity. The four uh, boundless attitudes. They're being cultivated throughout, but as qualities of our underlying nature or Buddha nature being evoked and then we're kind of cooperating with them. Um, letting them come out more and more by following a pattern that helps keep bringing them out more and more. We're not suddenly taking people and solving their problems for them. That's not it and that's not the point. But if we were to practice these things a lot in the experience of the tradition, we become more and more of the grounded kind of person with ability to access these qualities that can then participate in the world and be with others in their difficulties and problems in a way that could be responsive to them rather than just imposing ourselves on them out of our own brittleness or our own uh, clinging, clinging to being helpful. Okay, shall we? Shall we do it? What the heck, right? What else do we do? Yeah, what else? Really? Go to Dairy Queen? No. I think not. (laughs) I would never go to Dairy Queen. Yeah, we go. We go every few weeks. So, <laughs> that's the problem with having your spouse here. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so now just try to bring to mind something, and this shouldn't be hard, because it's something that you've been worrying about or struggling with or suffering through lately. Anything like that? <laughs> uh, try to try to kind of uh, focus on one one such thing like that, so it's sort of clear to you. <clears throat> so you experience the the painful feeling of that, like a feeling of anxiety or fear or loneliness, or feel like you're being shunned or not seen or 
sadness or frustration or anger or longing or feeling of illness or pain, whatever it is. And now, uh, stop thinking about the situation or person who triggered that emotion in you and give your attention just to the feeling of it. Stop thinking about the person or situation that triggered that emotion in you and just um, give your attention to the feeling of it, how it feels in your body and mind. so pleasant. And then give this feeling deep permission to be here, allowing it to have all the space it needs to find its own place and its own time. Just resting with the feeling spaciously in that way, like a sympathetic friend with a troubled friend. Letting that feeling have all the space it needs to feel safe here with you, to relax a bit to process or metabolize itself in its own way, in its own time. Letting it have all the space it needs to feel safe enough to just process itself here in its own way, while doing nothing to it or about it, letting it find its own best way here. So that's step one, and now for step two. Remember that many other beings experience, many other beings experience feelings very much like this one. So think of your own suffering feeling now as not only yours, but as one with theirs. Just think of it that way. Think of this feeling now as one with theirs, 
all those who experience a feeling like this. And that by providing this spacious, compassionate environment for your feeling, you are providing it also for the other, all the others who have it. By being this spacious healing environment for your feeling, you are now being that for all the others who have this kind of feeling. by aerating this feeling with spacious acceptance and warmth, it's being aerated, aerated spaciously in all the others, letting it metabolize and deeply heal within them too. letting it metabolize and deeply heal within them too, in its own way, in its own time, in their own way. And you can let yourself take joy in their relief and joy, if you'd like. just let go of the visualization and just let these qualities of spacious acceptance and warmth and compassion and joy help your mind to relax deeply, settle back a bit inwardly, and come to rest in the background of its awareness, which is naturally totally wide open and luminous, like a sky. Just reconnect with that sky-like nature or ground of your mind.
and let whatever thoughts, feelings, sensations arise just metabolize themselves in this uh, sky-like openness of awareness by letting it all be. Good. So what is this Tonglen One meditation we just did newly showing you or raising for you? And also any questions? Thank you for listening. 
To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.